0: Hello, I'm your host, Steve Beattie. Welcome to On the Edge, a technology-driven podcast mixing casual discussion and expert interviews. Each episode, we will be exploring a new and emerging technology with the purpose of educating our audience, speaking about the societal impacts, and predicting what our world could look like in the future. With automotive companies like Uber and Tesla continuing to make strides toward the driverless world, self-driving cars are slowly turning from what was once a sci-fi fantasy along the lines of Transformers or the Batmobile to an unstoppable evolution.
1: So we call that like the level three handoff problem. So you, you have a level three system that's not level four so it expects like intermediate input of the human or like maybe shared control with the human and the question is like um, or the problem is humans will get complacent so if you're sitting there if it works fine for 45 minutes and then all of a sudden you have an emergency situation like what is the human's reaction time going to be as opposed to if they had been in control the whole time so I think um, most companies are aware that that's a huge problem and they just they're trying to just leave thought back so let's like just go to the point where human doesn't have to do anything we're even going to get rid of the steering wheel so that would, be, it would suggest that they're confident enough about their system that the human doesn't do anything
0: this podcast is accompanied by quotes from kenya burnett team lead of aw toronto uft's self-driving car team i sit down today with my co-host Jarrell Payne to express our thoughts and anxieties about autonomous driving How are you, Jarrell? I'm not too bad yourself. Pretty good. Yeah. We're here. We're doing
2: it. We are doing it. This, We're is, this is fun. <laughs> we have started yet. I'm just like, you know what? It's going to happen.
0: It's, it's happening. It's happening. So you just heard Keenan Burnett. He brought up how the modern-day autonomous vehicle as it is available to the consumer right now— mm-hmm is a level three autonomous driving. Yes. So I want to just go over really quick um, the levels of autonomy and how our legislation refers to it as, and how the industry kind of refers to it. So there's five levels. It goes from zero to five. Okay. And obviously zero is no autonomy, and then five is, like, fully autonomous, and that doesn't necessarily exist yet.
2: So does uh, – is every car technically zero, um, or is it depending on the model, like – in terms of how much technology is in the car that it, it varies.
0: So most modern cars would be considered level one because okay. level one is literally just basic cruise control. Okay. That would okay. be cons- okay. anything that makes it more convenient to drive your car and you don't have to be fully controlled fully at all control, times gotcha. is still yeah, yeah. kind of autonomous in that right. sense. So level one, like that, like I said, basic cruise control, you know what I mean? Yep. Driver assistance, but the, the driver still needs to be fully in control of the vehicle. Yes. They can't be backed off at all. And then level 2 is at least two automated tasks are managed by the vehicle but the driver must remain engaged in the drive with the driving task. So that's just layers of things. So I think if you have I guess like basic lane assist or kind of like even just there's there's autonomy where it just it's not as good as like a Tesla or Google's cars or anything yeah, yeah. like that, but it can drive straight. It can help you drive straight. Okay. So that's kind of what would be level 2. Level 2 is a little weird. And then level 3 is the most co- basic common one. So Tesla's autopilot, um, anything that I think Tesla autopilot is probably the best example. I was going to say that's probably the yeah, one, probably and then the one and then every e- and then everything else isn't necessarily like everything else. There's people testing stuff like that, like Uber's Uber's test it like Uber's testing the their autonomous vehicles. Yep. Um, I think Lyft does it a bunch. Anything on the road kind of testing right now. That is isn't Tesla because Tesla is the only one that really just has them all available. Yeah. But everything testing right now is pretty much a level three because they have the driver. It's you it's need the safety the driver.
2: Safety driver still in yeah. the car. So it's technically, it's yeah. not. Uh, it's not any higher than mm-hmm. than uh, than that because they're still a driver. Yeah. In
0: the car and then, in the then level four is like the realistic goals, like all these big corporations and, and like uh, um, automotive industry yep. giants are looking for. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get their cars to be able to drive downtown and not need anybody's in control. Yeah. yeah. And then something really interesting that got brought up in that little clip was uh, the issue with Level 3 and how drivers become complacent.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, if you think about it, it's like anything else, right? As soon as people get dependent on the way a system works, so it's like uh, your fo- anything on your phone, like your text messages, your emails, and stuff like that, we don't have to fish for those because... We've set it up so that, you know, you get notified. So basically you get complacent in that notification system where if you miss an email because the system doesn't send it to you, it's like you get confused, right? Hmm. So I feel like cars the same way, especially um, the future moving towards autonomous cars, where that as soon as I know, I'm like, all right, cool. I've been on the road for half an hour now nothing's happened. I'm I'm the car seems to be doing its thing. I I might clock out. <laughs> Seriously, like I I might just I might just grab my phone and like completely back out of the whole experience of being on the road cuz it'll probably feel more well, I can't say this for sure. It'll probably feel more like someone driving you, like being in a car with someone driving you or being in an Uber or something like that. Like it'll feel like someone else is someone else has that responsibility, so you might just clock out. It's like falling asleep in a car with someone else is driving. So I feel like that's the danger is that how much are people going to clock out, even if they're in that driver's area, are, are you going to clock out so much to the point that if something happens in a split second, you can't come back to it? Well, that's
0: the exact problem they're facing is that as of is as it is right now with autonomous driving, mm-hmm. the features that are available, it is understood by... The corporation's giving this out this feature to the drivers. So the drivers still need to be paying attention, yep. and still need to be um, ready to intervene if, at the, any point, at, if the car comes to a point that there's going to be an accident that it, it won't it won't be able to avoid. Yep. But to expect the driver to still be fully aware of what's going on when they're not necessarily completely involved with the driving yeah. is, I think, kind of idiotic like you will never have somebody as prepared to stop an accident as if they as if they were just driving to begin with yeah does that make sense no it makes perfect sense and that i think is one of the biggest problems facing autonomous driving features right now
2: there are these there have been these great strides taken Mm -hmm. in autonomous driving is because you don't want to focus on the road because everyone's so focused on Everything else in their lives, their phone, whatever else you, whatever else you're doing with your hands or whatever, it's like, if I can, if I can have someone take away that task, it's like, of course.
0: Yeah, you, it's, it's, you want people not to be driving, but yep. then you still want them to be driving. driving. It's, it doesn't you make sense. You can't ask that question,
2: <laughs> And it's like you said, you can't ask that question of somebody who's gonna get complacent. We all get lazy, and we all get like, we all get um, hooked on you know like i said routines and things just mm-hmm. happening so as soon as you know that that's going to happen like like the car is going to be good cuz it's been go there's no pr- there's been no problem for like 45 minutes an hour on the road it's like why would i expect that an hour and h- in an hour and a half there's going to be a problem exactly and i think i think again it just it just goes to the fact that y- like you said you can't ask people to to have this to be buying this car that goes hey we'll take away driving for you you can just chill in your car and playing your f- play <laughs> flappy bird on your phone or whatever you want to do and then call it a day but we also need you to be ready at any split second moment and you to need grab a wheel and duck out of a ditch. yeah
0: and you're going to be liable if you f- don't do that and that's <laughs> the thing right how does the
2: law factor into it is going to be a crazy thing to figure out
1: look at the whole system and then break it down into the subcomponents. components so like um, and I think this is fairly well known now in like robotics um, you know you want to have let's say the ability to detect lanes uh, you have a component called like uh, localization so where is the car so that could be using like your GPS or your IMU or LiDAR or other sensors you want to be able to detect things so like object detection uh, you need to detect traffic lights and then, yeah, so typically like the names that we give for those things are like perception. So that's anything to, that has to do with like taking sensors and processing them. And then uh, you have like prediction. So where are those things gonna be in the next few seconds? Uh, planning, so what's the safe path that I can take to get towards my objective? And then control is taking that plan and then actually telling the car what to do.
2: When I first heard the, the clip uh the first thing that came to me was he was talking about lane detection so that means that the car knows it's in the right lane left lane whatever the middle lane and it's like the cameras are obviously watching the lanes on the road to know when they change and stuff what about roads that have faded lanes was my question
0: yes so He explains it very well. It's, there's four pillars to how this thing works. Yeah. And, in a lot of ways it's trying to, um, replicate what the brain does, but in a, on a scale that is basically 360, like at all times, um, perception, prediction, planning and control. So perception, which is knowing what's knowing what's exactly in front of them. So understanding what it's looking at. Yep. Prediction, which is to say what may be happening, what this means. Like so I see this happening. What does that mean it's gonna happen? Okay. Yep. So you see someone walking towards the road, does it's that like, mean that's actually to, someone's gonna come onto the road? We
2: gotta we gotta, we gotta figure out are they oh, how are they gonna go? Are they right. going left, are they going right Wait Exactly.
0: Planning, which is to say, I need to make decision I need to understand what my decision is gonna be before I actually do it. Yep. And the control is the actual um Autonomous driving of it, like actually doing the task, it's programmed to figure out and, and yep. do, um, and it does that. Uh, many cars are different. So Tesla, Elon Musk, he is a big advocate of camera sensors. Yep. And that is to say that there's physical cameras all around your car that are done, that, just watching everything. Exactly. That car, see yeah. things. Um, but then there's two other things that come into play when it comes to autonomous driving, mm-hmm. and you can use all these interchangeable. It doesn't have to be just one thing that's going around. Like they all work together. Yeah, they're all, they're all working. So uh, at the same um, time. another property thing is a it's it's called lidar, which is a laser sensor that spins on the top of the car, and it shoot and it's like radar, but instead of shooting out radio waves, it's shooting out lights with lasers. So then it okay. takes it shoots out that light. It, it sucks it back in. It reflects it back in on itself. And then it paints yeah. a 3D image around the car. Oh. So at all times, down um, beyond a specific feet away, Yeah. I think most of it's like 100 feet, maybe 50 feet. And then it gets more and more inaccurate the further the you further go away it from away. it. But the idea is it still kind of understands. Its so what the car
2: around. is trying to do is trying to build the environment around you. Exactly. Digitally so that it knows what's going yes. on. So basically 100 feet away from you is going to be like three buildings on each side. There's going to be a crosswalk down there. There's going to be a crosswalk.
0: Well, like it doesn't see the crosswalk because it doesn't necessarily see like – um it only sees, like, the physicality of the world. It doesn't no, but see... I,
2: but I mean, like, but I mean, like, that means it's... Gonna, no, in the crosswalk, I mean You don't meant, know like, where the uh, curb is. Like, you don't know where the curb. You don't know where the lights are. Yeah. Like, there's traffic Exactly. It knows things like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the biggest thing is that it sees obstructions. So if something um, drastically quick comes in the way of the car, it'll immediately sense that and react to it. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's... It, in a lot of ways, is the most um, reliable... Um, f- uh, source of detection and prevention when it comes to car accidents. Yep. And it's the best part about it is that it works because it's shooting out light and using its own light, it works at night. There's no difference between it working at night or working during the day. Camera sensors, on the other hand, unless yeah, you yeah, have. I to say,
2: if it's dark, then it. it, 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 it,
0: it, the camera, it so. Yeah, exactly. It definitely affects its ability to do its job. But what cameras do that LiDAR can't do is detect and understand specific things that would that you as a driver would use to understand what's coming coming to you in the road and what rules you need to follow. So it can read the, the speed limit signs. It can yeah. see... The what color the light is the light, for the I intersection, it can see the lane's gonna leave. It's the lane's gonna cut away those signs. Okay, yeah. yeah. The lane ending, it can see that. Yeah, there's I, I was gonna say
2: it can't read signs, can it? No, the lidar cannot, LiDAR but the camera, signs, sensors so can. camera sensors can. Camera sensors, and that's With why they being, work together.
0: While it's if it, then the the thing is is that like you don't. It's not as easy as just putting the camera on the car. No, no, no. You no. have to program it to read every specific variation yeah. or variable when it comes to roads. And then I feel like it's even. To make these a global car, and then you have different languages, blah, blah, blah it becomes a whole other thing yep. that you have to program these things to learn. And then the last thing that's probably the most basic, but at the same time, very, very valuable, is just GPS. And it's having a direct understanding through GPS and through satellite mapping where it is in the world. Yep. And from that, it understands what road it's on. It knows that there's an, interse- interne- an intersection coming, coming up. up. Yep. It understands if there's a school, like it, it understands its entire environment. Yep. To, to that scale, because it, it really gives them like a it, 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 a bird's eye view of exactly what's around it. Mm-hmm. So GPS is is also really good. It's really important, and it's really interesting because it's um it's one of the most basic things that's been along for a while. But it gives if a car an autonomous vehicle is taking in that information like. Um, simultaneously with all the other stuff it, it, it really helps it I think with it, it Talk about that planning phase You know yeah. what I mean Like oh there's it, It'll tell it that Like s- minutes before It needs to worry about it That there's an intersection coming up Right And it's already understanding that So it, it's I don't know It's no. it's a very interesting uh, v- Variables that build up Make up an autonomous car
2: And I think that's the I think that's the key part of it Is like it's that all these systems work together and that's fantastic right mm-hmm. because it's like you have to have yeah you have to have the lidar to do the digital makeup you have to have the camera to get the specifics like you said uh, uh reading signs um traffic lights, stuff like that and then you have to have the gps to know where in the world it actually is yep. i think for me what i was trying to think about was like okay so you said the lidar right it detects somebody randomly running through an intersection. Yep. right, Like just jaywalking, whatever. So my question in terms of autonomous driving, and I don't know if this has been answered by anybody, is what is the car's reaction? Because, like we said, obviously if I'm in the car, maybe there's a wheel and I can grab it. Let's say I don't see it and I haven't grabbed the wheel, so maybe it, maybe the car detects that I'm not going to respond to this to this anomaly does the car make such a drastic move that it actually does
0: something wrong yeah see that's um a really good question because it doesn't actually rely that what it chooses to do doesn't rely on the sensor itself it is fully decided by the by the person or company or the team programming the car and what it's this what they have decided the car will do in the specific situation. Yeah. So, um, Keenan brought up the idea that, you know, what if it's not even something he needs to worry about? What if the LIDAR sees it and it's a plastic bag dr- drifting through the wind? Yeah. Does it need to stop drastically? And their, um, baseline is that it will, because they care it more about drastically. It'll, it'll, it, it'll stop. It'll, if it doesn't know what it is, yeah. it won't, say oh it's probably nothing and keep driving it'll stop as it, it that's its base you okay. know what i mean yeah, yeah. it sees something wants to stop but that the reason they program their car to do that is because they're a research project yeah and they're trying to actually win a competition and be the most successful autonomous car, car. within eight universities okay and they want and they don't do real um like they're their mandate isn't to pass true driving on real roads. Yeah. It's to pass the tests that the people giving like the, the people, that people that running the competition are are them. running yeah, yeah. their car through tests. So as long as they can pass those tests, Test, they're, they're happy. Yep. So it's so they're not gonna have a situation where it needs to worry about this obstruction not being a real obstruction. They yeah. need to worry about it making sure it stops. So their baseline is it's gonna stop. stop. But something like Tesla, where they're n- less worried about um they're less worried about real safety and wanting it to and more wanting it to be a pleasurable ride for the for the driver yeah. and and seem like a premium product. their baseline won't necessarily be stop on a dime if you see anything mm. it's gonna be really understand what it is before you make a decision does that make sense no because it does. and then you have to understand that the variable of it being on a real road is that if I stop drastically, I might cause an accident by doing that.
2: And I was going to say that, that that was my big question because it's like if it detects, if it just detects, like you said, a plastic bag or something random flying mm-hmm. through the air, but it goes, oh, snap, that's like a, I don't know, whatever. It's a bird. It's a, like, Let's just say it gets it wrong for a second. And it decides maybe stopping is not – like is stopping how many different things are they going to program inside of it is it going to be it could stop or it could swerve like it could go like it could try and move around something like i'm, I'm trying to figure out how many different things it's going to program into the system to handle different anomalies because yeah. i feel like every response couldn't be Stop.
0: So as I understand it, they try to kind of imprint in these vehicles very basic but effective, like like safety maneuvers. Yeah. So like if you see videos of Teslas when they almost get an accident, it's like like there's even a video of it of a cop of a cop that. uh, So this is a really interesting story. So there's a guy speeding on the highway. Yep. And he's sleeping in his Tesla, and the cops need to pull him over, but the the guy won't wake up, and the Tesla's just driving. So they are. Um, forced to try to pit maneuver this car because it's going way too fast so wait, a driver. The, the, the but the, Tesla, the doesn't ca- know
2: about, Tesla didn't know about like stopping for police.
0: Oh no, trust me, listen. Okay. So <laughs> it doesn't if the, the car if the cops don't actually get close to it, they won't understand that the Yeah, they won't know that the cop's trying to pull it off. That's something they Ooh. should they should they should actually put. That'd be really cool. Okay. It yeah. knowing that a cop is trying to pull it over and actually pulling over to the side, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But it doesn't. It just goes by the physical like, near, like, how close the car actually is to being in an accident. So, the car, the cops are planning to pit maneuver this car. They get close to the car and it s- just pulls over as safe as it can. Like okay. Nothing ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> and it pulls over so effectively. Like, it, it the maneuver, really? like, you could never, um, like do it yourself like in a in a in a dramatic situation where like you need to be precise in your driving you'll never match the ability for this Tesla to make the safety maneuver and just pull over that's the side. that's crazy they do such a good job it looks nice like it's smooth that's <laughs> crazy yeah. wow man yeah
2: Damn, it's that's um nuts.
0: it's quite amazing when it works right
2: I'm sure when it works right, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah,
0: that's what's the coolest part about all this tech, is that when it works right, it works really amazing. Yeah. And it's really impressive. I'm sure. But then you go down this, like, road of just awe that you don't realize that it's still dangerous. Yeah, I was going to say. Does that make sense? Um, Unless you have anything to add, I'm going to go to the next clip. No, I was going <laughs> to okay. say,
2: yeah, that that whole the whole systems working in conjunction with each other is a really interesting stride that they're making. Obviously it's gonna be subject to a bunch of different questions about a bunch of different scenarios that it necessarily can't answer yeah. until it goes through them.
0: It's it's up to the software engineers to put their vehicles through enough testing yeah, and know. enough variables to know what to do with any given situation, which is really hard.
2: Of course. No. I I I commend the these I commend these these engineers for for the amount of thinking they have to do about so many different things mm-hmm. and how they have to they have to keep pushing whatever it is no matter what because the last thing you want is the first time you put your product out to the market that there's an accident exactly. automatically, right? So for the amount of testing they have to do and the amount of um amount of troubleshooting they have to do with these systems, congratulations. Yeah, it's, and, and like and it's uh, incredible.
0: It, it's it's Risky, <laughs> super risky. <laughs> to be in this line of work. It's absolutely risky. because you talk about like the, like you talked about the complacency with cell phones. Yeah, it's with cell phones. You're not worried about someone really like. It's at the end of the day, if someone misusing their phone, their cell phones, it's their fault. You know yep. what I mean, yep. But with the car, it's like you're gonna have real world situations where yep. people are hurt or m- killed. Absolutely, and that isn't something you can be fun and lanky about. You can't just just throw things on the wall. And And I mean, especially
2: because at the end of the day, these are companies, right? They're, they're profit and, and success oriented. So it's like, you have to think about one bad review or something like that could tank your entire project.
1: definitely be a societal barrier to getting people to accept autonomous vehicles, and I think that if you're only as safe as people, it, people might not buy it. Buy it. Right. it might have to be 10 times or 100 times safer before people say, okay, clearly there's some st- st- like strong statistical advantages to like using this instead of me right. driving.
0: Yeah. So, that one I think is very interesting because mm-hmm. it's talking about how good autonomous driving has to be to be fully accepted and implemented into society, of course, and I want to push that question to you, and i want to ask you um as somebody who's less involved with all this how how much would you trust autonomous driving as it is right now?
2: <sighs> you know it's funny, right because i'm I'm a big pertainer on like Robots will always scare me, <laughs> like always. You know what I mean, like. And the more technology proceeds, the more like I realize how like ingrained it is to my life. Like my watch, like literally, like you don't realize. I don't realize how much how useful it is. I don't realize how much I rely on it. Right, like I could have a regular watch, but a watch that will tell me the, to- that'll tell me the time. That'll tell me the time. The date. That tell me when someone texts me, it'll tell me when mm-hmm. the Raptors win. Like, every, like, it does everything, right? So like, I don't realize it. So I feel like autonomous driving is going to be one of those things for me where right now it'll scare me to death because it's like you have all these questions like we were saying before. It's like how does it factor in every single scenario, right? When some scenarios are so specific to something, to 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 regions, like parts of the world, right? Like, you're gonna test it in California. Is it ready to, f- to function in function in um in Japan? Is it ready to function in Canada? Is it ready to function in South America? Like all these different questions. So for me, right now, obviously I say that I'm like, nah, like we should just have <laughs> regular drivers because people. But then it's also the thing about, you know, people suck in terms <laughs> of people like people's response time is nothing to to bank on. Because accidents happen literally every hour by somebody just not paying attention and swerving into somebody else. Right. Or, um, or just completely like, like technology now already doesn't like misses stuff. Right. It's like, um, my mom has a Prius, so it's like, she has the, uh, the one with the camera in the back to help her park and stuff (laughs) like that. But it's like, I'm sure she's so reliant on it and then if the d- the day it goes down, I'm sure she she still obviously knows how to reverse park, but it's like we don't realize how those small systems get put into our everyday lives. No, that's actually
0: really true. Um, that's super interesting because there, I'm sure there's a lot of people in this world that that are so used to that backup camera now that they probably can't back up anymore. I'm um, honestly, without it.
2: I'm so like again, my mom has been been driving since how long? Yeah. Right? So it's like she's obviously been not. She's had this car for, what, maybe five years now? So, obviously, she knows how to do that. But to anybody that's, that maybe right, you're, you're 16 and your parents maybe have had a, had a car with that since, like, you were, like, 13, right? And you've only been driving with that since you've been driving. How reliant are you on that camera?
0: Yeah, thank God that our actual G, cl- the, when you do the G and G2, um, In Canada, when you actually go for your driver's test, they don't let you do those, yeah, use those cameras say, you can't. because <laughs> that's so true. Like if you just get used to it, you can't expect them to be able to drive any car.
2: And I think, I think that's the, I think that's the big question about autonomous anything is that even though the human brain can only work so much and it still is flawed by so many different things like response times, reaction times, uh, decision-making stuff like that. Is it that, Are we ready to put all of that into a system that, though incredible, like we said, it's incredible what these software engineers are able to put into these cars, are able to put into the software that these cars run off of, and, you know, do these things about literally moving on their own. It's that, are we ready to put so much of it in there that you are going to step into a car and go, this car is going to take me from point A to B, (laughs) and I I get to watch Netflix on my phone. For an hour,
0: sounds convenient, eh?
2: It sounds. It I'm sounds curious. Like, it literally sounds like Uber. Like yeah. it sounds like when exactly. I'm exactly. Like, oh, I know. I'm not going to drive because <laughs> I'm, I'm someone else is driving. So I have. I think nothing about it.
0: And that's something I want to ask you about because I have thoughts too. So Keenan Keenan brought up that um, you can't expect society to um, fully accept autonomous driving if it's just as good as people. Oh, no. that you need to be better.
2: you, ha- you have to. And s- you have to give them something that they that people can't give us
0: yeah um and see that's where I'm not necessarily sure because I think that if you're looking at just the idea of convenience and if if people if companies can sell their vehicle and to say that your drive time can be now spent doing other things rather than driving I think there is a there's a giant market of people that'll take a risk if, if it's to say that it is just as safe as I am
2: oh I would
0: yeah see so that's like, what
2: as much as it scares me The thought of me going somewhere and going, I have all this time that is not spent on this, that I'm still getting to my destination, but I get to do all these things because we're all so multitasking oriented, right? We're all doing three things at once, like all the time, like even me, I'm like listening to music and playing video games and I don't know, like having TV run in the background, whatever, right? Like on a regular day. So it's like we already all do so many things at the same time that if I can keep doing that even while in transportation, it's a no-brainer.
0: Well, that's – for me, someone who drives every day, uh, whether that's to school or the hour-long it takes me to go back to Barrie to go home. Damn. um, If I could actually be productive in that time, that would be amazing. It would be amazing. And I do everything I can to make it in a way productive. Like that's why I love podcasts so much. Yeah. That's why, you know, like even if it's just music, like if – the sound and hearing is all I have left when it comes to driving. Yep. So it's, like, I need to stimulate something. You, you, you if
2: anybody, that, anybody that doesn't, like, drive with, like, something playing. Yeah.
0: Like, you're insane. I'm just,
2: like, I'm, like, and that's the thing, right? Those people are probably, like, super good drivers with, like, the best reaction time because they're not listening to, like, a podcast. Like yeah. Like people they're do. fully focused. But at the same time, it's, like, I couldn't do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's mind-numbing. It's you just... Driving, because you do, it's crazy because there is so much effort you have to put in to drive at all times. Absolutely. But your brain gets so used to it, it's like walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like running. It's just, you don't realize how important this really is because you're doing it so much.
2: Now, for you, as somebody that does drive, right, is it enough for you like, do you think the technology, if it were to be ready in, let's say, three years, let's say, obviously it's not, but let's just say that, like, they start to be ready to go and people are ready to use them in three years. Are you the type to get into it that early or like?
0: Again, well, no, because I can't afford it. No,
2: okay, but, I'm, <laughs> no but, I'm saying, but I'm saying in a perfect world where you can pick up a yeah. new car like that and you're good. Right? Yeah. In, in this perfect world you're living in. Are you the type to grab it that early, thinking about how how like you said how much convenience it could give you? Yeah, me personally, productive.
0: Yes, if I could afford a Tesla right now, yeah, I'd have a Tesla. Yeah, because if I could literally just be sitting in my car, um, and like just like whether that be like I don't know, if I could just be sitting in my car, and not having to worry about idiots all around me. I would be so much happier, yeah, so much less stressed <laughs> out. You have no idea how stressful it is to drive with the winter in this fucking <laughs> in this country. It is insane, okay, Everyone drives like it's sunny and it's the summer
2: it's either honestly it's it's, N- it's two it's two people it's either everyone that drives like it's still summer or it's people that like. Act like we're like you're driving through a war zone, <laughs> and they start to do stupid things.
0: Well, that's specifically Toronto. Yes, um, aggressive people drive in this area. People love to just do the most aggressive things yep, yep. to save themselves two seconds on their drives yeah, home. Yeah. It's
2: like it's like you like you are shaving off thirty seconds of your of your commute or whatever but it's also putting you in the most danger. Place. And me and everybody hey, around and every, you. Everybody in that vicinity, you obviously don't care if about. If you're on the
0: 400 in the morning during rush hour and you're doing stuff like that where everyone has you at risk, like that, hap- I think it happened last year. There was like a 700 car pileup. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, like anything like that with it being such a dangerous place to drive right now, um, you're putting everyone around you at risk. And it's not just a convenience thing. It's a it's safety. It's a life and death thing. It's interesting. I I long for a world where, as people, we don't have to deal with the stresses of driving because it also is stressful.
2: It's, it's, it's the most stressful thing you can do to literally be in a large and metal <laughs> container with other people that are also in large metal containers. And we're all dumb and we're all <laughs> distracted and we're all, like... Have 30, 30 million things in the brain, yeah. To go, yeah, just get there safely. <laughs> like that's like that seems virtually impossible.
0: And you t- and you take it to granted every time. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't people do it anymore. But people used to clap when they land planes. You know oh mean? my gosh! I've been <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it's so funny because it's like people don't do that now. And I and I've 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 heard people p- do it. I have heard like one guy do it in the back of whenever I've been in a plane like more recently, I guess. And it's like. Some would be like, "Ew, what are you clapping for?" And I'm like, "No, this guy <laughs> was in the sky and put uh, put the thing that you're in down properly. <laughs> you are still fine. You should give him. You should give him a high five when you well, see that, him."
0: Well, my point is that the gratitude that we did or do see for flying, we should see when it comes to driving. Absolutely, we should because it's just as dangerous. <laughs>
2: just, just shake everyone's hand when you pass by them <laughs> safely on the road. Just stop and. Give my handshake and keep. Everyone gets a nod. <laughs> no, that's why. That's why. Like, and it's so funny to see like how courtesy has changed on the road, where it's like people don't even people don't even want to like give you that nod when something happens. When they, when you, when they let you cut in or something, it's like they, they don't want. They're just like, <laughs> and I'm like,
0: <laughs>
2: what are you like? Like, we're doing something safe. Let's acknowledge that. Yeah. We could be in a very dangerous situation right now. We're not. We need props. (laughs) We should definitely give out the props. So, yeah, I think it's one of those things where obviously everybody in their mind is going, oh, I can make my life way easier. And I can be productive in the time of the day that I already reserve in my mind to not be productive. It's like, wow. Like you said, your commute's an hour long. To know that you're getting an hour of your life back where you can do anything is is like a no-brainer to most people. So it's hard for it's hard to think that our future is not going that way because we all want more time. And we all want more multitasking ability. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be that at the end of the day, there's so much we have to do before we get there that people don't think about. Because people are like, I want it now. And I'm like,
0: whoa.
2: Whoa. You better, <laughs> you better whoa. <laughs>
0: wait. To come back to that um, argument of whether... Car, autonomous driving needs to get to the point that it's better than humans or can it just get to the point that it's as good as humans to become like relevant i think if i think once it gets to the point that is just as good as humans you're going to see a lot of people taking that risk yes jumping absolutely. on board and letting the cars give them that time back but to find a to see a future where our entire system, like where licenses don't exist anymore, where wheels aren't in cars anymore, when you know what I mean, when it is completely irrational for you to not be in an autonomous vehicle, yeah, then I agree with Keenan because you need to be, and he even said it like a hundred times better than humans, yeah, to get to the point where you can justify changing in our entire societal Society, norm yep. to say we aren't going to be doing this specific thing anymore. It's
2: true, and like you said, I think when it's presented as being just as good as humans, it's not as attractive. Yeah. And it's not as it's not as reliable. That's because,
0: because of how bad we are driving. Exactly. <laughs> I was like,
2: like we already know how how smart machines can be. I mean, we know how dumb they can be, but we know <laughs> how smart they can be, right? So f- the presentation of when it's going to go, you already know how smart computers are. We've made them 300 times better and you get all this you get all the time of your life back. You get to do all you get you get to get f- You get to get from point A to B more comfortably and more um, relaxed. And the machine that's running you is way smarter than you'll ever be. There's a no brainer. But I think that you're right. If it's presented as this machine is as smart as you, it's not that that selling factor, which is obviously what this is. The selling factor of going changing, like you said, the entire societal norm is not going to be there.
0: Yeah. 2018. It, this was in Tampa, Arizona. Yep. 49 year old Elena Helsberg. Helsberg? Helsberg. Helsberg. Okay. Herzberg. Herzberg. H E R Z B E R G. Herzberg. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she was in a fatal crash where co- she was walking across the road with her bike and a autonomously driven Uber test vehicle yep. did not see her and she not. was fatally hit. And yeah, it is, it is damn, it's really, um, it's a hard reality because there is danger involved with technology like this. You of can't course. test it without putting people at risk. And I guess that goes to this show, it just being on the road with these cars in general. Yep. You know what I mean? Cars and at the fundamental, most fundamental point are death machines and yep hyper dangerous and you know that's why when we're kids you, you how hard our our parents teach us you know look both ways, look both ways all, all these little things because you can't trust the people driving these things hey, The
2: amount of times I've, I've almost been hit uh like on the road in my mm-hmm. life like I can't I, I've lost so much track and it's literally and obviously sometimes it's gonna be my fault right like again like we said everyone's stupid so it's not it's not just people in the cars it's passengers it's people walking across the street and stuff like that but it's like we give we don't think about just how something like that is so easy to happen, mm-hmm. and how like that situation is the reality, mm-hmm. just somebody's not paying attention, but boom,
0: at the end of the day, there is liability, of course, and s- the person who's taking on the the privilege to drive a car, yep, they take on that liability, absolutely, and yes. that's how it's worked, since cars were a thing, exactly, and with autonomy becomes a debate now because you aren't in control anymore. Yep. So who's responsible? And I want to, before I tell you, I want to ask you when it comes to this Uber incident, who do you find liable for the accident?
2: You see, I want to say, see, I want to say that it's the guy.
0: Okay, and now. you saw the video, yes. and I showed you. And just to, so everybody knows, if you you can find it, it was publicly released. The person who was the safety driver in the specific specific accident, moments before the crash, you see him not looking out the. You see his hands on the wheel. He's on his phone. He's looking at his phone. phone. What you assume is his phone, and he is only um, even realizing the danger. Literally a millisecond before yeah, she's like, hit.
2: Like, the, the, like, he looks up. She's already in front of the car. Yeah. So he can do, and then he gets scared.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: no, so see, I want to say the guy, because it's an Uber test car, right? Mm-hmm. So he's in this car to test out the technology. Right. And, you know, honestly, to, like, to play devil's advocate, a good test of the technology is going from in and out of paying attention to the road, because that's how it's going to be handled anyway. Like humans well,
0: are Well no, that's the problem is that when they put out this technology, the assumption and the that, way they get away with it legally oh, is, is to that, say it's
2: still it's it's it's, that it's people are still taking attention.
0: Yes, they're still paying attention, their oh. hands are still hovering above the wheel.
2: Okay. So then that kind of changes my opinion. But <laughs> I still but I still want to take it I still wanna put it in the guy only because it's a very it's a very Easy thing to periodically, especially, I mean, you shouldn't be looking at the phone at all in any way, but let's, we all do. It's no, it's nothing there. So it's very easy to just, if you're texting somebody or whatever on your phone, you need to periodically be looking up. You need to, like, even if you're going to check out for that moment, which you shouldn't, but you do, you should still at least be going, oh, okay, cool. Oh, okay, cool. Like, you need to be doing that. So I want to put it on him because you're in this car and you know that there is that you are not in control 100%. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, and like you said, when a person steps into a vehicle as the driver or the operator or whatever you want to call them, they're taking on the responsibility and the liability of what happens with that vehicle in conjunction to other people. Yep. So I want to put it on him for that reason, but at the same time, he, did, he may not have programmed it. He, he probably didn't program it, but he may not have programmed it or, or put any— Yeah, he had nothing to do with the programming. <laughs> so so, yeah. so, so he, had, he had nothing to do with the actual make of what these cars are doing. And like we said, the, the, the technology is still very much not there yet. So I'm not going to put it all in technology. But I got to put it some of the technology to go, you put this on the road— you have to be... You have to be responsible in some yep. way. It's your product, right? It's like, it's like anything else. It's like if... It's like if your laptop explodes.
0: Exactly. Or like you Samsung from their exactly. battery... When, blue blue. when their
2: batteries did all that. Like, that's, that's on Samsung. Yep. So I need to put some of it on the company because they shipped out a product and they said, this product does this thing. It didn't do the thing. Well, it did, but in this case, it's a weird.
0: Definitely did not do the thing. It didn't
2: do the thing, mm-hmm. but it like it drove... Yeah, if you, if you want to say a car drives and yes, it did that job, but it didn't do the entire job. Yeah, so it didn't do its full job. So I need to put that on the maker of the car. And I think in the future going forward, it's going to be. Unfortunately, it's going to be semi case by case, but I think it's also going to be semi driver or operator and company. Um, that's just my take on it. But what do you, do you think it's going to be solely on one?
0: So if they if talking about like um, utopian fear future yeah where there is no pedal anymore oh yeah it's, then it's it has moving? to be fully on the yes, manufacturer but as it is right now I think that's one of the biggest issues with autonomy today because. We're we're talking when we talk criminally and we talk like the court system. Yeah, I was gonna say um, this is going this is it, all gonna call to how the it's judges do things. All and this case kind of is a precedent for that. It's all on the driver because this was deemed human error.
2: Yep. Oh, it was. The, it was. It was. Yeah. Did so they put so it on him? Y-
0: yeah. So well, not to say they put it on him, but the the Uber was not found criminally responsible or liable in this Damn, case. Damn. Okay. Because it was the. It, it, they deemed a human error. Does that make sense?
2: No, I get Like, but, It's but, like but a plane saying,
0: crash, like a human error. You know I what I mean? Get the, it's I get the enough. human
2: error, but I'm saying, like, does that mean, is he
0: getting criminally charged? Uh, that I do not know. Okay, that's fine. Because I think that's still up in the air because it's of how, okay, how, how like, logistic this all is. That's fine. And I don't want to make any assumptions, but I assume that um, if at the very most he would get, like, the like the the accident whatever manslaughter whatever it is, like he yep. would never be like charged for anything crazy okay but um if but it's interesting because though Uber is not criminally responsible, yep. they still take drastic hits um when it comes to the ability to continue their research of course. when it comes to these accidents so. The immediate response of Uber when this accident happened was they pulled all of the cars off the road. They yeah. stopped testing entirely, and Which only is what now, do. right, and only now are they starting to test them again. Yep. And that I think is very um, interesting because it shows the power of public perception oh, and yeah. how that if and it, it almost creates a roadblock when it comes to the creation of this technology yep. because basically the roadmap to creating it is that we need to test this to make it better, yep. but at the same time, by testing it, you're putting people at risk, and that's making it impossible to test it. Does yep, that make sense? Yep. Yep. So, it's you an, almost have an
2: unanswerable question yeah, of how to test it's, it. It's it's
0: how do you get to the point where autonomous driving is better? Yep. If we can't make it reasonable enough to be safe enough to test, you, you know what see, I
2: mean? And I, and again, I think that goes back to it's going to be my fear about all this going forward is that how many people are going to get Injured or killed or anything in the process.
1: Right. I think most companies are fairly cognizant of like safety concerns. Um, Like Uber got into an accident with that woman and that basically set them back like two years. They only now just started putting their vehicles back on the road. Because that was back in 2018, I think. Um, Yeah, so I think safety is extremely important and they recognize that. And so I think only Waymo occasionally has been brave enough to take their safety drivers out of the vehicles. And that's in like the sleepy suburbs of Phoenix. Whereas like uh, Cruise Automotive is like in downtown San Francisco and they're not planning on taking their safety drivers out anytime soon. So I think that's that's one of the major things is like we kind of wave our hands and say anything that's like, the software can't handle we have to just have an extremely well-trained person who knows who's aware of like those shortcomings and is ready to take control um if the system can't handle it yeah okay yep
0: okay very interesting right yep so it becomes it it shows the reality of this industry and that how and that autonomous driving is not an open platform Um, collaborative effort. Nope. It's a race to see who can do it first and who can do it better. Yep. So, you question the motivations of the um, corporations trying to find, trying to convince legislation to let them test these vehicles when the reality of it is that they're only doing it because they know they can make money from it. Yep. So, my question to you is are these corporations um in the right mindset to get public opinion on their side to begin with at the core of it No. and I, and I see your head yeah never <laughs> uh,
2: it's like you said this is an industry yep this is not this is not a bunch of volunteers or charity workers just trying to make the world a better place mm-hmm. they're trying to get money and they know that the the window for this is coming up right so they know that in like like i said i don't know the exact time frame and i and you know judging with testing going in how stuff goes in the future that it can be shortened or lengthened but let's say the window is between 5 to 10 years of this being ready they want to be ready for that mm-hmm. and they quite frankly need to be ready for that because we know the dangers of leaving something and not getting your foot first in the door. So it's that thing where you know that what these guys are worried about right now is A, how do we get it done first? But B, how do we get it done the best? Like, we want to be the the luxury experience of autonomous driving, right? So Tesla is obviously a very... Popular brand, but it's also a very like, like, like spectacular brand. Like, like just the whole or like, like aura of every Tesla you see on the road makes no noise. It just looks so sleek. It's like a Batmobile. It's like beautiful in that sense. It
0: really is a Batmobile,
2: right? So they, so people want to. Every company wants to look like that. Every company wants to look like they're the luxury, the top of the line kind of thing, but they know that that look can't come at the cost of more time because Tesla's already already in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not, like, those guys are already in the game. They're going to be ready at some point. We need to, A, move faster and try and move better. Those things have never in human history <laughs> been able to happen at the same time. So I think that we have to keep in mind that these are all companies, and before anything else, they're always going to be profit-oriented. So not only are they going to be looking for the most money at the time of launch, they're going to be minimizing they're going to be minimizing as much as they can the cost of things before it comes out because they want to make their profit margin as big as possible. So they don't want to put that much money into testing, but they have to yep but they'll but they'll at any point they can, they'll take out that extra fifty sixty thousand if it means that that profit margin is going to be greater. Well,
0: think about a world where Uber doesn't have to pay their Uber drivers. It's true. And how much money they'd be making, oh right? Oh, my goodness. Think about a world where Google not only um, owns all the, basically like runs all the systems that we use to manage our everyday lives, but there are, they're also um, vital to the components in your car. And how it drives itself. You know what I mean? Like, that's why they're all racing for this, because they want to lead yep. the world. And it's it's terrifying, because if they really wanted it to be done, yep. they would collaborate. Yep. But they don't. They want to be the ones to make the money it's off of com- it.
2: It's companies. It's, a, it's, a, and it's like you said. It's like it's, I like the way you put it. It's a race.
0: Yeah. And that's why... And I also love to compare them to research groups, like with Kenyon's team yep. at UFT. They aren't there to make money. They're yeah. there to see what they can build. Yep. And it's almost like just it's for fun, it's for competition. It's to test their own skill sets. It's so way
2: more it's way more good-hearted and good-natured yeah. than any of those companies.
0: And that's why I think you see cuz I brought it up before the difference in those um, platform um system Baselines yep. and why they put all the onus on safety and safety has to be paramount. Absolutely. But then places or systems like Tesla's will put more, um, spec- they will put more, what is the word I am looking for? They will put more focus yep. on convenience and on smooth travel Absolutely, and on that sleek feel that you're bringing up. Yep. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's what sells.
2: Because you're selling... Any product is also selling an experience. Mm -hmm. You're also selling what the the user or the buyer is going to see themselves in. So it's selling anything. It's selling a pair of shoes. It's selling a watch. It's selling a necklace. Like, you're selling the product because of what it looks like and what it does, but you're selling what you're going to feel like it in. So all these companies are also looking to get the best customer experience in terms of, hey – don't go over there you know that we're the best for what for 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 how you're going to look in it look how cool you're going to look in the in the uber that doesn't have a driver or look how cool you're going to look in the tesla that doesn't have a driver like all that stuff is what they're more is what they're focused on and that's what they're probably focused on the most because they know that you need to have that customer you need to have that customer satisfaction, satisfaction <laughs> in order to in order to be like, oh, my friend bought that thing. I want to buy that thing now, yep. right? But at the end of the day, and this is sad that it's, it's technically, it's not that way. Security and safety is not necessarily priority alpha. Nope. And that's the sad part is that we just talked about an instance where a woman was killed by this. And yet their 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 mentality is still not on How do we make less of that happen?
0: It's PR and profitability. That's their number one. And
2: And it's like, it's crazy that in, like you said, such a ground shifting topic, like uh, autonomy and autonomous driving that has so many variables in it. Mm -hmm. Safety should be number one. Yep. It should be, but it's not because this is an industry. This is a business.
0: Yep. And it's, The other interesting thing Mm -hmm. is that you look at who's leading the research. It isn't the research groups. It's the corporations. Uh, And because the reality of it is that you need a lot of money to throw at something like this. Absolutely. And those corporations have the resources to put all their eggs in this basket and really push for it to be something new. You got it. And yeah, that's where I'm going to leave that. Yeah. And then uh, now I want to move on to what we realistically... Can see from autonomy in the next few years sure? that goes very much against the um, the opinions of these autonomous or uh, automotive corporations that are pushing for autonomy.
1: Companies are also looking at that. That's trying to be as good as a human anywhere, anytime which is extremely difficult. There's companies that have already kind of scoped that down and are saying, okay, let's just do like low speed autonomous shuttles to like supplement like transit systems. We can do that probably in like the next five years or less Uh, because lower speeds and repeated routes, you kind of get rid of a lot of the complications of like completely autonomous driving. Yeah, like shuttles, like taking you from an Mm -hmm. airport to like a, parking yeah. lot like can be I speak there's already pilots of that so I, I don't think that stuff like that i think is is definitely within our near-term future it's it's mostly just a matter of a company putting their money where their mouth is and like actually putting it out there T- toyota has an interesting perspective on it um, they have like their guardian program so in their opinion um what's you can you can try and get the majority of the benefit of AVs in terms of safety benefits by putting the same sensors on the car and instead of completely taking over control from the human you only intervene when you think a collision is imminent or if the human becomes incapacitated like they're looking at their phone or they're asleep or they're drunk you can basically be like all right I'm in control now I'm safer than you are. and so they're, they're thinking we can save a ton of lives gain good PR for Toyota and also improve our tech at the same time while having something up there. Um, While the humans still get, yeah, so you get all the safety benefits without the majority of the risk.
0: Two clips, both very interesting, both looking at realistic advancements that could be coming in the the near future when it comes to autonomy and self-driving vehicles. Now, what I want to do is go back a little bit to the point we were making on whether or not um, it's worth testing these things because of the safety concerns. Yep. And I think these both solve very... They both find kind of compromises when it comes to the use and implementation of autonomous features in a more safe way. For sure. Yeah. So let's start, and I want to know your opinions on the um, shuttle services and yep. the shuttle systems that could be implemented. And I'm curious if you are more... Willing to trust a autonomous vehicle when you know it is going a circular round path, you know what I mean. It has a very set understanding of where it's going and what path it's taking, and if that makes it more accessible to you.
2: Honestly, as a frequent transit user, um, both like above like regular buses and then obviously the the subway, um, it's I'm all for it.
0: So like think less subway or transit and more you're at Disneyland and you need a shuttle to pick you up at the parking lot and bring you to the actual mm, park. That's and better. Yes, and that, better. that is the um more realistic version oh, of the that's shuttle that's service that's, that's kind a lot of thing. Better. That's better. a lot yeah. better. Or like yeah, like you know like ho- like big like resorts like Blue Mountain or something yeah, in the summer.
2: To get to get from one side of it yeah. to the next is going to be a shuttle. so Yeah, 100% I, I can feel yeah. comfortable in those and I definitely see that those would be the
0: the case. And I think they're obviously a lot smarter than cars, um, and if you're talking about how they find that predetermined path, that's a GPS element, and that's it knowing exactly where it is on the map and perfect. not being able to stray from those paths.
2: Perfect. Yeah. Then yeah, I'm all for those. Um, I I see no problem in them. Uh, no, I think they'd be really cool. I think I think and I think it would be and they'd be a way better starting point. To getting people accustomed because to
0: autonomy, the big thing is that they would be obviously low speed. Yep. So absolutely, y- the vehicle would never be in a situation where it needs to go fast enough no. to really injure anybody. Absolutely, and that I think is perfect because it gives them the data, and it gives them the real world experience of make of having because especially to think that it would probably be in a very populated area it would be I was gonna it say. would be frequently tested, in the sense that there would be obstructions. I was going to say yeah.
2: It's like the way I think about it is going back to the whole mentality of this being an industry, Mm -hmm. this is going to give them the best shot at introducing the world to the idea of autonomy for them to maybe go, oh, I like that shuttle that brought me from the end of the parking lot into Disney World or whatever. The idea of autonomy is starting to get to me. You see it working more. You see it in more places. That would open me up to getting an autonomous car yeah, baby steps I think exactly I think the not taking baby steps is going to be more detrimental to that industry if it goes from everything is driven by somebody to nothing is driven by anybody
0: <laughs> I do this I've done it like four times <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: but yeah I think that's going to be I think that's a way better way that the industry should do it and I think that that's going to be something they're obviously going to do I hope that it, that's at, I hope that that's at first before we start to move yeah. more to cars and stuff like that because I really do like the way that that yeah. sounds.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, and I love that. And I love the idea of it. I love how practical it is. And then even more so is, if and if you want me to explain it, I can, these Guardian systems?
2: No, I, I, I when I was, uh, I, I I, caught my gist of what yeah, the Guardian system is. Yeah, but for listeners,
0: probably a sure, good yeah. idea for, anyway. For anybody,
2: yeah, for anybody that, that that doesn't know. Jarell's
0: definitely smart enough to know. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I doubted him. <laughs> no, chill, chill, chill. <laughs> When I heard about it, I'm like, <laughs> I need to listen to that twice. It's, it's rethinking... The idea of autonomy, especially yep. like at level three to say that we're going to take control and the um, human or driver is going to be the fail safe. Yep. And flipping that and saying we're going to keep all control with the human. Yep. But if the human messes up, the car will be there to yep. take control. Yep. And I love that because.
2: I think that's way more practical. We already have that in that some cars can self-park. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we already have the implementation of cameras and cars, like I said, uh, backing up cameras, um, dash cameras, stuff like that, um, sensors around the car. So that one makes more sense to me in that you already have, you have the ability that a human, at least a smart human behind the wheel, can go, that's a person, not a plastic bag, not a cat running across the street, right? Like, I can make the distinction of how I need to handle this, so I can do that. Mm-hmm. However, there are moments where our our bodies and our reaction times are on, are only that can they be aided and amplified in any yep. way to make an even better decision and that's why i like the guardian system so much more is because it it um it allows for technology to be an aid rather than the entire conductor
0: i agree and i think what's really the most, I, in my opinion, the most interesting thing about it is that it solves this um, complacency, in, in, um, this complacency issue when it comes to autonomy, and that we aren't paying enough attention while we while we use the autonomous vehicles, For sure. because we have to pay attention. Yep. And then on top of that, the the again, you have the you are allowed to test it, and you get the data from those cars yep. because regardless of it being in control or not, it's still going through the motions, you know what I mean, and sensing everything it's sensing and getting that real world experience and it can it's still you- catching
2: you the right kind of data too. Exactly. And I think that's what we have to pay attention to is that the, these, this whole testing phase is in a lot of different stages and obviously it's in the stages of autonomy mm-hmm. going that that 0 to 5 scale you were talking about at first and then it goes through the scale of okay, so we're testing this in a room, we're testing it in a bigger room, we're testing it on a in a trained, like, like, like a, like a built, like little city that they have mm-hmm. test cars, and then you're testing it in an actual city, like so a warehouse. You're exactly, talking about yeah, yeah. Exactly like a warehouse. So this makes more sense in collecting real world data. Yep. Because, like you said, the systems are already in place, and the system is going through those motions. It just doesn't have to be responsible for everything, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Um, it doesn't have to be worried with, at what point, the the operator or the person that that could be driving the car is going to intervene, yep. because you don't want that split second where it goes from autonomous to someone driving the car, and in that split second something bad happens.
0: It's also just better for the probability and the PR, absolutely, and the corporations. I mean, it's less risk, yep, and it's. More happy stories. It's I would have failed to um, prevent this crash. crash my guardian system saved my saved life.
2: My life exactly. And I think that that's what they need to be focusing mm-hmm. on is that. I, like I remember when those when those commercials of the cars that parked themselves started coming out, people were like, "Damn, I'm already not a good Parker. That's a <laughs> thing. No, that, that's a thing that makes I you want to buy that parking. car. That's what I'm saying though. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, right? Like people who ha- who had that mentality are going, "Oh, I'm looking for a new car. Maybe I should." spend a little more money but guessing that helps me with something i'm not good at right so now if we're talking about helping people with their with their response times like with like with aiding in that i can make this response time but the car can help me make a better decision or or can help in that in some way how, however that is that doesn't sound right but
0: well, just think, uh, someone's about to sideswipe me in my blind spot. I literally can't even see it. Yes, the car can see the it.
2: The car can see it. That's what I'm saying. If it can help with things that may be out of my control, but still within the car's control, mm-hmm. it's gonna be. It's gonna be. There's gonna be happy stories all around. Yep. You may have the one or two instances where, yeah, um, maybe the car did a little too much of something, hit somebody, you know, like whiplash or something, wh- whiplash, something like that, or or you know, like I tried to do something, the car didn't. Respond as well. I got into an accident. Whatever, right? Those are going to happen, and I'm not 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 whatever. So I'm like you have to downplay those because those are still very much part of the data. Um, but I think it's going to be way more, way more stories of success than failure. Yep. Compared to yeah, we put some guy behind a behind a a, a Uber self driving car and a woman got killed. Yep. Yeah. So I when I when I was looking into the Guardians, I'm like this makes way more sense, and this is where I trust. That idea of autonomy more is where we can still be in control, but let technology enhance our lives.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a definitely a brighter future. Absolutely. It's a way more opt- opt- it gives it a way more. Um, why can't I think of the word now? Optimistic. Oh, there it is. I knew it. It gives it, it. <laughs> a way more opt- optimistic viewpoint. Absolutely you know what I mean. It, it yep. makes me look at it way with way more optimism. Absolutely. And I'm excited to see those things be implemented because I truly believe that we should be helping prevent accidents. And this technology can do that.
2: And, this and when it starts to do that and we start to see how much better it makes it, I'm not saying that we just rush into full autonomy. But I'm saying at least we can start to put our like dip our feet in the water and then we start to see where it can
0: go from there. And that brings us mm-hmm. to the clip I want to end on. Yep. And we're going to talk about it a little bit afterwards. Is um, what we what the realistic timeline is for full autonomy?
1: Okay. I think you can say like shuttles, low speed shuttles are probably right around the corner. But like, um, and then maybe those like guardian systems that are just kind of like the watchdogs. But yeah, don't yeah. take full control might be pretty pretty close. But like fully autonomous systems to go anywhere are pretty far away. Like the highway driving systems are already here, but highway driving is easier than like let's say downtown Toronto. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's anybody's guess how far away <laughs> those other systems are. Like, like yeah. ten years, twenty years, a hundred years. Yeah. My uh my supervisor basically told like this this panel of like um policy researchers for Canada, you' know, like trying to create like an advisory document for the government of Canada on autonomous peoples. what he said was just take the max of everybody else's guess, and that's probably closer to like the right answer
0: I love that quote of just take the worst guess, yeah, and that's and probably that's more been, realistic yeah, I was say the um with the research I've done, and Keenan helped me a little bit on this path is if, if it, it stays, stays at its most efficient level, yeah. And grows at the most extraordinary rate possible. possible yeah. Forty years is a realistic timeline, yep. but that isn't to say it is it is at all realistic. <laughs> I was gonna say
2: that, that that's 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 the good guess.
0: Yes, but this is very interesting because that's what the academics say. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the corporations putting their investments into autonomy, oh, they're putting into they're right looking at it. 2020. Yep. They're gonna have it done by this year. Yeah. 2021. Tesla, if you go on their website right now, so the interesting about Tesla is that all their cars are made with the ability to drive autonomously in or or they use their autopilot feature. Okay. But you have to pay to activate it. So the sensors are already on the car, but you gotta give them nine grand for them to let it so turn wait. on.
2: So wait. <laughs> when I buy a Tesla, right? Yeah, I have the option. To spend nine thousand dollars to turn it on,
0: to literally like let the autonomous features actually work. Okay, but so the sensors are have already been been built into the say, car. So the se- so if
2: I don't pay to activate those sensors, are they doing anything? Nope. Woo! <laughs> oh, that is the biz- That's business strategy. Like three thousand. It's hilarious because because it's literally like, oh, well, I'm already spending. However much it's like forty
0: five thousand am- for a Tesla three, Oh, my God, like Model stupid 3? amount
2: of money. So nine grand doesn't seem that much worse. And on top of it, you kind of feel obligated to do it if the technology is already there.
0: They also give you a free trial if you don't buy it. No, they <laughs> don't. Do you know how long that? Pa- that it's like a week is? or two.
2: Oh, that's nothing though.
0: But that lets you and that gives you enough to really. Get used to it and want to keep it. Damn, bro! <laughs> I just think it's hilarious Yo, because Tesla
2: is a finesse of
0: the <laughs> century. Because they're efficient enough in their creation of the product that they don't just make you pay for it to put it in, mm-hmm. but they will charge you to just turn it on. And it's and that it's sounds, funny.
2: That sounds like Apple would do. Beca- yeah, exactly. Like, hey, cause you, you bought a phone. You wanted to make calls. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's so true because it's almost like. You can't just say I don't want it in there. You don't pay for it, and then you don't have the option. So yeah. now it's like I can stop myself from spending that money. But now it's like while you have the car, yeah, that's always lingering. Like oh, I just got to give them nine thousand dollars and my autonomous vehicle features turn on. And I,
2: like, like, and like you said, what you said, forty five thousand is the yeah.
0: That's that's a general number. general, okay, that's it's general number, right? So because it can be as low as like thirty thousand in the U S. for U S. Dollar. dollars. The yeah. Model Three can go for. Th- 30,000 but so yeah, Canadian dollars Let's, let's just say
2: 45 to be to be yeah. safe. To p- to bump that up to you said 7000 so that's going to be 54? Yeah. So 54,000 as much money as that is to me which mm-hmm. is basically my life everything. savings. <laughs> uh, everything?
0: That's more that's literally like That's like everything. I don't even want to say it like the percentage of my total earnings oh is Oh my god. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I don't even want to go there. But um right? So if I'm
2: already putting myself in that hole like a 45. Yeah. 59 is not that, or 54, sorry, is not that far.
0: Well, that's what I brought up before. I'm like, if I could afford it. No problem. For sure I'm going to invest think, in this kind of thing. But
2: I think what that is too, uh, relating back to the whole time frame of this, it's that we're going to see more companies try and put this into their cars, even if it's not necessarily 100,000% mm-hmm. there yet, because they want that people are going to go, Ooh. I I want to get the new, the cool new thing. Yep. Cuz having the cool th- new thing is always the way to go. Whether it's right or wrong, different, you always want it. So I think that that market idea strategy is going to be like Tesla where it's we're going to put it into your car. But hey, it's no problem. You don't have to turn it on. But turning it on is real cheap. It's like it's comparative I- it to the like price of the car. And now I sound like a used car salesman because it's like <laughs> I'm trying to finesse you into something that you shouldn't be doing. And it's like, hey, just just give me like five hundred dollars more and I'll put in a cup holder. No big deal. And it's like, this is not how we should be thinking about this, because that's us just playing into the capitalism of it, where it's like, Oh, it's nothing. Yeah. Where that nine thousand is the difference between you driving your car and you not driving your yeah. car. And those are two very and different things.
0: Tesla's ambitious. Like, they, to go back to what they're advertising on their website, they are advertising that within this year, they will have city driving enabled through autopilot. That is So it'll ridiculous. detect the traffic lights. It'll detect the stop signs. It'll make your turns. It'll literally be ridiculous. city driving autonomously. Mm-hmm. And that's ambitious. That's
2: that's crazy. And
0: I can't imagine how they're going to implement this safely and it's honestly very scary. It's terrifying. And and I know that somebody f-
2: this year or like let's say even let's even say early next year could be driving next to you in a Tesla not touching this steering. Wheel. Yeah.
0: It's uh, but it's Toronto not it's not yes I'm saying that's what I'm saying. It's not on the highway where things are simple like, or simpler. Simpler. It's it's with all these different variables downtown. And I'm just curious how legislation is going to let them implement it because I feel like once they ask to put this out there, it's going to be a lot of questions.
2: It's going to be a lot of legal questions, especially because, and I'm thinking about two things whenever I think about these things, right? It's like, I always think about, I think about drunk driving and I think about it in the case of, okay, I'm in an autonomous vehicle and somebody else who I get into an accident with was drunk driving. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the car can't detect how people are in other cars, so that also adds in like if you see a guy that you're driving next to or near, and he looks like he's not doing so well, right? It's like I can make that decision to go, okay, I'm I'm peeling off, I'm I'm taking a different road, I'm doing whatever. Cars, the car can't do that, so I always think about the the, the instance of if the car isn't detecting that anomaly and this guy for all the reason, he's like two cars ahead of you just swerves into your lane mm-hmm. and crashes right the car's not ready for that and then b what's it going to be like when i have a tesla and i get blackout drunk one day and i get into my tesla cuz it drives me myself home and i get into an accident like i like my tesla causes the accident yeah what are how is the government going to handle all these questions of Accidents like that, especially because the technology
0: is so new, they have to. the The reality of it is that there's going to be a case that that will um, create precedent, of course, like this Uber case. Yeah, and they will have to go from there. And if the, so, you if think policy? So you think it's going to be
2: it's going to be more up to the technology being out there than actually planning for it before?
0: Um, Policymakers can make legislation to. Regulate it beforehand, and they have done that. Like Canada, like Ontario specifically, is very lax. Actually, when it comes to the legislation, it's very easy, relatively easy, to get a license to test your autonomous vehicle as long as you can prove to them that it's relatively autonomous. Um, So you have
2: to you have to send send your car for a time for yeah to show
0: them proof that it can it can do the basic things when it comes to autonomy, like sensing the lights and being in the lane and all that stuff. Um, But yeah. Uh, what's but then there's uh, there's states in the U.S. where they like like Arizona, right? It was where this girl. Yeah. Was, they, yeah. He said like Arizona, um, where there is this accident, and then now they have to go back to the drawing board and say, do we need to be more strict about this testing, and how do we ensure that everyone is not only safe but this can be evolve this the technology can evolve. Yep. It's it's a it's a bouncing act, just like this whole thing has been. Yeah. Because it's safety over, it's crazy because you have to think about safety about a technology that is the goal of it to be, make things safer.
2: Yeah, know I mean? it's the goal, of, the goal of autonomy is to make it that human error is out of the question. Yeah. But then you have to think about, you have to think about a software. Yeah, t- technology. technology,
0: technology or, failure. Or, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so crazy
2: to me, <laughs> super crazy to me.
0: Any final thoughts there, Jarrell? Um, I just think that
2: to, to go to to go to the point that I was talking to before, it's always going to be scary that this is not this is not some people just doing this out of just wanting to try and make the world. this is companies. Mm-hmm. This is not them doing a charity project to try and make the world a better place. This is a company, this is a business, this is an industry, and like you said, it's a race. So, these guys are also have at the forefront of their mind timing over things like safety and over things like testing. And that's the scary part for me is that their windows are so soon. They may not get to those windows, but at they're pushing for them. They're gonna try and make those windows as, as probable as possible. Like, if, the, if your window's 2023, they're like, you're acting like 2023, your car's gonna be on the market. Maybe push back two, three years, whatever, but they're, that's how you're thinking. So, I think the scary part is that. The people in charge of making this technology are of the thinking that speed and time is of the real essence when it's not. And that's what makes me more worried about this technology is that how much real and thoughtful testing is going into this.
0: Thank you for listening to the first installment of On The Edge. I'm your host, Stephen Vitti. This episode I was joined by Gerald Payne. The clips used in this episode come from Keenan Burnett. And a special thanks to Emerge for the opportunity to produce this project.